Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Wrestle Me. This is episode 7, which means it's the first half of WrestleMania 4 from 1988. Anything funny or interesting has already been said in the previous six episodes. And this is one of the absolute worst WrestleManias of all time. We're, we're struggling. We're Wrestle Me! WrestleMania! We're back. So, uh, what did you think of this absolute shit show of a WrestleMania? <laughs> I think you're being way too harsh. There was enough there to oh. keep me entertained. Possibly more than the last WrestleMania, strangely enough. I don't <sighs> know what it is about this one. They just had little bits and bobs, even though it was a little bit more polished than our previous uh, entries. There is not a single match in this WrestleMania 4 that is any good. <laughs> <laughs> There's not one. No, there, no. I mean, maybe the last one has its <sighs> moments, I, I mean, guess. I, I mean, don't know. It's, it's like a moment. It's so <laughs> bad. It's, it, it's, it's that level where you don't sort of go, oh, they've aimed for something and it's not quite mm. worked. Although, yes, that's exactly what they've done. <laughs> it's just that everything you watch, you go, is this still going on? <laughs> How long has this been on? Oh, nine seconds. Well, on this one, I was very surprised that the WWE Network mm. um, actually apologises. They've got a warning at the start of this one yes. saying, apologies for some rather outdated opinions and thoughts. That wasn't on the last one, if I remember rightly. No. Even though they were using words like midgets, there was a bit of racism in there. Yep. Not even casual racism in there. I, I, I can't work out what they're apologising for <laughs> on this one. I think they're just apologising for the general <sighs> malaise of the product, let's say. I you, don't know. You say malaise. <laughs> this is not just a malaise. Do you this know what this is? willful is? disregard for This wrestling. is the year that Coke hits <laughs> America. So this is the cocaine WrestleMania. <laughs> Everybody in there, whenever you read their books, they're all talking about, you know, oh, we're on the road, it was a really hard life, and they're all talking about too much partying. Yeah. And there's partying every night. And this is America by 88. Mm. You know, it's a big thing. Every city you can get cocaine. And these guys are, I, would, I don't know all of them are on cocaine. I would say... <laughs> Probably all of them are on cocaine. <laughs> they are sweating as they come through the curtain. All the all the promos where people are doing talking, they are their eyes are out on stalks. 
the whole thing. They shouldn't have had like a belt because they have a new belt. The last right, belt yeah, okay. is, is retired. They yes. have a new one because it's a big tournament. <laughs> they should have just put six fucking kilos of coke <laughs> out there, and whoever wins it just eats it all and then goes back to the bar in Andre the Giant's little uh, bag, little, like, little weird bag he had. Oh my god! It's it's the worst. It's also the other. It's the double whammy mm. of. Uh, it's steroids. So everyone is taking loads and loads and loads of steroids. They're not really doing tests for them. Mm. And everyone is so bloated and fat and heavy <laughs> and slow. It's, it's like they've invented a new thing instead of wrestling. So wrestling used to be about having a wrestling match. And now it's just wrestling is you get into the ring, you walk around, <laughs> you point. You walk around and then the match is over. <laughs> what I would say is that uh, in the kind of dying, well, not actually sort of like in the middle, because this bloody thing goes on for hours, oh, probably oh. in the middle, uh, Andre the Giant looks much better than he did in the last one. Doesn't so maybe he? that has something to do with Doesn't it. Doesn't he? He Part looks sparkier, perkier, <laughs> chattier. <laughs> he's selling moves better. He's taking talk more. He is, What's... weirdly. because like, uh, He's a lot better than last, watching, last WrestleMania. Watching WrestleMania 3, they all sort of go, that's the last moment. He's in a lot of pain and everything. Yeah. And WrestleMania 4 comes along and he's got a suit and he's actually doing like <laughs> yeah. a lot of facials that are funny yeah. and he's got good timing. Yeah. I, it's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> but everybody else, everybody else is just like... Jesus Christ, I'm going to get out there and then I'm going to get back. Hold the beer because I will be... There's only, <laughs> Everyone's get match. another one, it'll be cold and I'll be back. <laughs> Everyone's match is about two minutes long. Oh, God. They just get everything out of the and, way really and, quickly. And amazingly, they're two minutes long and each match seems about 95 minutes. <laughs> it's the slowest thing. It's what the world is watching. Oh, Jesus Christ. And they're watching... Absolutely nothing. It's <laughs> it, I, honestly, Pete. I hated this one. I didn't know I hated this WrestleMania. Right. Okay. And I hate it more I'm, than I'm any surprised. other WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm surprised. Absolutely at this. made me furious. <laughs> it made me furious that no one was doing anything. <laughs> I was just watching middle-aged men walking about. I mean, what I would say, is, what I would say, I'd say that a lot on this podcast. But what mm. I would say is, um, the, uh, the, the the amount of people watching this time actually in the room, yeah. is much less. Uh, it's like it nineteen thousand, twenty thousand. Yeah, like that. they come. Off the back of WrestleMania 3, and WrestleMania 3 is the indoor attendance record, mm. 93,000. And they basically begin going, well, what are we going to do next? Mm. It turns out WrestleMania 3, as a pay-per-view, is, for about a year, it's the biggest pay-per-view in history. Right. Never been a bigger one. Uh, there's a Mike Tyson match on um, pay-per-view, a boxing match that comes along, and that, and that eclipses it. So they did sort of go, what are we going to do next? And weirdly, rather than sort of go, I think they didn't feel they had a big enough match to do an attempt to sell out uh, a similar size venue. Yeah. Uh, they did a deal with Donald Trump. Mm. And the deal they did was for his casino in Atlantic City, Trump Casino. Mm. It was new at the time, and he really wanted it because he thought it would put him on the map. Mm. In the end, what you get is you get a load of casino people who end up going to WrestleMania because it's the cool thing. Mm. There's no atmosphere in the mm. place. There's really few people there. It's w really, really well lit, and you can see that there's no atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, and weirdly, it's so bizarre. Donald Trump is in the front row for the entire thing. <laughs> and he's there from the start to the finish, watching it. And yeah, credit to him, he looks really interested Into it, yeah. in the whole I thing. I mean, you know? can probably... <laughs> It's probably about the kind of mentality of a lot of the children out there. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably, oh, oh yeah. colours. Watching, watching the trunks, the yellow trunks, <laughs> looking over there, red trunks. There's a lady on that man's bum. I like the lady. <laughs> you know, oh, man, oh, man. And it's just, there's a weird thing. This is 
the era that I love the 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 graphics right. stuff. They really nailed it there, and it mm. looks great. It's also the era. I, I, I my first WrestleMania I saw was WrestleMania six, which is right. nineteen ninety. But they're still using the same logos and things. Yeah. So for me, it's like it throws me straight back. And I, I love mm. I love watching it. But this is just there's something about it that after the biggest show they ever do, they 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 are just totally. Fucked. I, I think the room doesn't help. It's just too small. Not and at all. The camera's too close. When there was the bit where um, everyone's fighting, I forget what uh, you the call. battle royale. The battle royale. Yeah. It, it, like it made me sort of think, oh wow, those are actually quite hard to film because there's six or seven stories happening at once. Yeah. So the only way they really do it a lot, they have cutaways, but they don't really use them. Much. The only way they do it is just have one static camera yeah. with the whole ring, and it's just like. This is rubbish. It like is. this looks so rubbish. It looks so bad. The I mean, ring looks so small. The room looks so small. Yeah. The other thing is at the and time, and it's all Donald Trump's fault. <laughs> the other thing is at the time, people hated this WrestleMania. Mm. It was it was seen as being really bad. It also performed really really badly on pay per view. It got about six six hundred fifty thousand buys. Well, that's interesting because was it just because they didn't have the big ticket Andre versus Hogan or yeah? I, I mean, I guess they used the same kind of trick for the posters on this one, Andre versus Hogan again. They did. The problem with this one is they have a tournament. Tournaments, mm. this is the only time they've ever done this. Tournaments traditionally don't really appeal to people. They want to see mm. a marquee match. Yeah. You don't want to see a main event that you don't know what it is. Mm. You're paying your money to see that big match. Yeah. So this one slightly fails on, on that regard. The other thing is, behind the scenes, there's a fantastically sort of interesting thing going on. So you've got WWF. Mm. You've also got the NWA. Mm. And the NWA is uh, spearheaded by Ric Flair. Right. The champion. They're a southern organisation. So, uh, WWF is, is based in New York, mm. and the NWA are sort of based down in the Carolinas. Mm. And they've begun butting heads. Vince McMahon is trying to take over the whole of the American wrestling landscape, mm-hmm. and the NWA are successful enough that they can rebuff him slightly. And what happens is they have a pay per view that's been running since 1983, although it doesn't become a pay per view until 87. Uh, it's, it's a big show. It takes place on Thanksgiving, and it's called Starcade. Right. And Starcade is the forerunner to WrestleMania. And it's been running every night on, on Thanksgiving Eve. What happens is in 87, so before this year's WrestleMania, in 87 they put on their big Starcade show and the WWE decide to try and fuck it for them. Right. So what they do is they put on a new pay-per-view called Survivor Series. So NWA have got Starcade to pay-per-view for the first time mm. and the WWF contact all the pay-per-view providers to say... We, remember, we did WrestleMania 3 and made all of that money. Mm. You can have our new one called Survivor Series, but you can't have that and if you put it. on Starcade. Right. So all, a huge number of pay-per-view providers just go, oh, okay, Starcade's in the bin. Mm-hmm. What happens then is the NWA put on their first major pay-per-view, which is called Bunkhouse Stampede. That's in January. And the WWE do exactly the same thing. They put on a new special on television called the Royal Rumble. Mm. And the Royal Rumble steals loads of viewers away from that. Right. So we, what we've got here is a weird... Like war going on Mm. between the two promotions. What happens at WrestleMania 4 is the NWA, having been basically buggered over twice by WWE, they go, well, we'll put something on free TV. And they put on a thing called Clash of the Champions. And its main event is a a 45-minute draw between Ric Flair and Sting. Right. And what that does is an unbelievable number. Mm. So 3.4 million households end up watching the NWA. That's about 7 to 8 million viewers. Mm. And they just pulled away a load of people who would have taken that pay-per-view of WrestleMania 4. Right. So WrestleMania 4 is bad in the room, and it's bad as a pay-per-view figure. So <gasps> it's really regarded as a disaster. They also changed the format by going with the tournament, and that 
in itself is, is just a terrible decision. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of watching it and I'd kind of forgotten that it was a tournament. So, like, when oh. I kept seeing Macho Man, I was like, oh. why is he back? God, they're getting their money out of him, aren't they? <laughs> they have too many matches as well, so everything's got to be short. Yeah. And the problem with a short match is you've got to make it spectacular. Yeah. And no one who's in that tournament has the capability of doing anything spectacular. No, there's, there's really not much there. I mean, oh, you think you could bring in, like, I don't know, like a, uh, uh, what do they call them? Is it Luca Libra? Lucha Libra. Lucha Libra. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, bringing someone who's a bit more acrobatic, just anything but, different. But even then, I mean, they have a funny thing where they don't want to, to sort of go, well, let's have, in the second round, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat 2. Mm. That was really good. And mm. instead, they put Ricky Steamboat in a match that is he's beaten in, rounded by Greg Valentine, one yeah. of the most boring wrestlers of the late 80s at that mm. point. And so they're weirdly steering away from anything that might be good. <laughs> it's a, such a strange decision to do. I don't think you could book that tournament as badly mm. as they booked it. Mm. They managed to give you all of these matches you didn't want to see. Mm. The one that you wanted to see, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, once you'd seen it, you didn't want to fucking see it. <laughs> I mean, that was probably the worst thing about the last WrestleMania. It was interesting mm. to see. It made you depressed. Yeah. But, you know, Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, you know, facing off again. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see Andre in a suit. Fair dues. Yeah. But... It's just all a bit of a... All of a it was like if I booked it, because yeah. I'm not knowing anything about wrestling and anything about the people and anything, any you know, how they performed in the ring effectively. It's it's so bad <laughs> that I can only imagine it was supposed to be so bad. Because right. I don't think you could just get it wrong and that bad. It seems like you had to work at making it yeah. as poor as it is. Oh, it's, it's, so, it's, oh, it's just appalling. Well, and also the way it starts, there's very little ceremony, maybe because they've got to squeeze so much in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, you've got the big bit about Trump Plaza, you know, the Atlantic City centrepiece, yeah. you know, the big, big deal. Um, you get the impression as well they've signed a little deal, haven't they? That they mention it all the time. Well, to, well Trump, Trump's and... notorious for if you film in any of his buildings, you have to have Trump in one of the scenes. Right. And I think that's why there was that bizarre... We'll talk, come on and talk about it, but Hulk Hogan waxes lyrical oh. about Donald Trump at one point, and that is as cocky as he gets One of the great... <laughs> Moments in cocaine. It really is crazy. Just crazy. <laughs> yeah. But the presentation's straight in, the camera's right in with Mean Gene, and he just, he seems more way into it as well. Now he you mentioned this blooming thing. Yeah. All I can think of, all I've watched, is just a lie. <laughs> oh, Dad was very interested in me this afternoon. <laughs> Turns out he spent all afternoon in the pub. Outrageous. <laughs> he found some of those old purple hearts <laughs> that they gave him when he went to do national service in Korea. <laughs> they, uh, Gene's got really weird, bitey teeth in this one. Uh, right, is Jetney's Adam Dunn? Yeah, right, I think okay. so. He's showbiz now. He's he's built. Well, he is more showbiz than this one. I think I would mm. argue he's a lot more polished. He's a lot more up. I Zingy. guess. Um, his build. He used to be a wrestler, didn't he? Or he, uh, very briefly, or he was uh, well, involved he, somehow. He, he's done some wrestling, but he yeah. was mainly an announcer. Right, and so the wrestling that he did came off the back of as a, a special main event mm. it would be Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene versus and they, right, they keep okay. it on the house show so okay. but he is just a sort of uh, a, a, an MC yeah because his build wrestling height on Wikipedia is 5 foot 9 <laughs> and that is a spit in the face for anyone who's 5 foot 8 because that guy is not 5 foot 9 in any stretch of the imagination the thing is, you see he's next to a lot of people who are 7 foot 4 so, <laughs> yeah, I think so yeah he could be he, he could, he could, he could be easily be. Too. <laughs> uh, who knows <laughs> and, and he brings out uh, Gladys Knight yes yeah who does like, again they're not messing Ooh. around they just you know get that singing national anthem shite out of the way just, just get her singing we yeah. sure you have a backing track nah don't worry about it no. just have it just uh, have her doing it dry just go, no, I don't need a backing track 
<laughs> I'm Gladys motherfucking Knight. I mean, she is amazing, but it's just like an unbelievable voice, and it's just kind of like, wow. Yeah, she's was, astonishing. And I was trying to figure out how old she was. Like, she's 42, I think I worked out in the end. She's like 42? She's <laughs> no, but she had that kind of like 80s hair that makes you think oh. she could be anywhere between 60 and 25. A lot of hairspray. <laughs> a lot of hairspray. A lot but, of badges on her jacket as well. Oh, I think, I think yeah. that jacket might be wearing her a bit, to be honest, Mark. <laughs> I was going to get all fashionista about it. What's funny about that is it's like a really nice sparkly evening dress, <laughs> but it's got a load of like Castrol GTX <laughs> logos on the front. A lot of badges that if you look too close, you go, is that problematic? Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that dodgy? I don't know. I like its whole thing about going, yes, I am a classy, sophisticated lady, but hey, I'm also pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can hang out with the lad. Don't you worry. Uh, she, she is really, really good. Incredible. I, I, again, it slightly puts you on the wrong foot because you go, well, this show is going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> she's the best Bro. thing. <laughs> Gladys Knight is the best <laughs> thing about WrestleMania 4. The montage is a lot more professional this time as it well. It is, There's it no is. old man in his pants on his stoop. Nope. Saying, get off my stoop. No. It's <laughs> just... There's no... There's the state, no um... state capital building or something, and then there's, you know... The... It, it is quite funny. I mean, this is... It is a weird thing to look back because of Donald Trump being there. You do open up as you would every single time when you did it with a shot of the White House. Yeah. And it is just a strange thing that's yeah. always hanging over in the background. <laughs> Trump does a load of stuff with WWE through the years. He he goes, there's, uh, uh, WrestleMania 5 comes from Trump Plaza again, and then I think WrestleMania 23, he's yeah. involved in that. But he's done a load of sort of roars and things like that. Right. I, I sort of worked out, if he's done three, that means he's been on something like a 10% of all WrestleManias. Right. It's just insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Well, there was, there was a shot in the White House of, like, um, Donald Trump and a couple of... I think there was actually a professional wrestler, but then there was a couple of other people in his uh, cabinet. Mm. And it, somebody worked out that four of them had been um, slammed by... Uh, <laughs> who's the fellow who uh, drinks the beer? Stone and, Cold. Stone Cold. Like, somebody's, like, four of them, I think, had been Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Or, well, Stone Cold Stunner, or whatever they call it. Vince McMahon's wife, Linda McMahon, she ran as a Republican right, a few yes. years ago. But she yeah. is actually part of Trump's... Not quite cabinet. I'm mm. never quite sure how it works in the States, mm. but she is some kind of business advisory yeah. role. So they are very close, you know, in that Republican way. Mm. You've also got things like, I mean, I mean, Hulk Hogan in the 90s, he talked long and hard about going into wrestling. He used to go on chat shows and talk about it. He's always been problematic because he's always just any wind that blows, bit of publicity. So he's talked about in, into politics, you mean? He's been talking about running for president, oh, yeah, right, yeah, back in the 90s. He's going into wrestling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like you were dissing him. Like you were cutting a promo, Beef. slagging off Beef. slagging off Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He said that he was going to get into wrestling at one point, but I've yet to see any evidence. <laughs> I think Hulk Hogan could make an excellent wrestler one day. <laughs> and, uh, he, he did it. Bob Backlund, who is a former WWF champion, he yeah. also uh, ran for some Republican stuff and he tried to go for president. Mm. One good thing he does is if you met him in the 90s, he was so keen on this presidential race that he wouldn't give you an autograph unless you could list chronologically the presidents of the United States of America. And He'd be there for ages. But no one could do it. <laughs> it's just a clever way of going, oh, I'm not giving an interview. <laughs> um, the big news, though, in, in like wrestlers going for presidency, the one that seems like he could do it because he seems to have been able to do everything he's ever wanted to do is The Rock. Yeah. And he talks about 2020. Um, Oprah I, versus The Rock? I mean, Are you having that? Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean, the incredible <laughs> that thing, looks like a WWE <laughs> fever dream, doesn't it? Bloody hell. The incredible thing is that that's the presidential race rather than WrestleMania that year. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. He's talked about it. Really disappointingly, he's actually registered as a Republican. Right, okay. Which yeah, but maybe, maybe he's just doing a wrestling thing and all this is is going to be a heel turn. So it's, <laughs> it's like he's, oh, I'm an evil Republican. And just at the last minute, he's going to go, no, I'm not. And everyone's going to go, woo. Well, you forget that the, um, the, the centre is so skewed right in America that Barack Obama would probably be regarded as 
quite right wing in yeah. England. It's yeah. quite a strange thing. So to to register as a Republican is actually m- more right wing than you actually think. I just, I'd, I'd love the Rock to be a mad communist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the people's property. Get, get Volkov in. Get Volkov. <laughs> Come on. I, got, I can tell you what Volkov's up to uh, today. Oh, uh, good. He turns up in the first match. Yeah. And nice. uh, basically, it was someone uh, online who was saying they'd been working with him, right. and he works for a, a sort of a parks ordinance uh, committee at the minute. So he's in charge of if you lose your dog, he's the guy who will turn up at your house sort really? of going you know um, he's a yeah a, a, Nikolai Volkov is a code enforcement zoning inspector uh, if you lived in Baltimore County during 2006 <laughs> to 11 and someone called a complaint in on your property for example not picking up uh, your dog's Litter shit or, yeah, okay. or building a fence without a permit then Nikolai Volkov would turn up at your door. And push your house down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and wrestle slowly. <laughs> There's, my favourite thing is one of his co-workers was saying, uh, someone had said, oh, what's, what's Nikolai like? And he sort of said, um, if I was going to make a pie chart of Nikolai Volkov's interests, there'd be one slice would be the healing power of water. The other slice would be conspiracy theories, uh, mainly the Rothschild and Masonic references. Wow. <laughs> I mean, incredible. I want to meet him now. Well, at least he's specialising in something that people don't talk about. So at least not 9-11 true thing or chemtrails. At least oh, it's something a bit more interesting. I'm sure if you got him talking, <laughs> that's the next He'd logical dip a step. He would dip a toe. I hear, I hear you're really into, like, the Masons and stuff. Yes, yes, yes. What about 9-11? Oh, no. No one's ever said <laughs> no. that. <laughs> well, you know, they, come. they make some very good points. Yeah. <laughs> my, my good friend Jesse the Body Ventura has some, <laughs> has some things to say about that. Oh, man. I, I Yeah. Oh. Nikolai. But, but, <laughs> oh, Nikolai. Nikolai, you great soft-headed <laughs> goon. <laughs> um, so we, we're, we're back with um, Jesse and uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. Gorilla's wearing some lovely lilac sunglasses. They are amazing. They are. Lo- I, I saw them out. I kind of fancy some I say here. Same here. I think if you wore them, though, I think people would sort of look at you and they go, oh, he's registered blind. They are <laughs> yeah. nuts out good. But just, and, uh, and, his, and his jacket looks like curtains. Yes. Some curtains well, he's gone for a sli- He's gone for a slightly jazzier suit this time yeah um, trying to one up Jesse but if anything Jesse's more subdued this time yeah he's got like a kind of zebra print suit on uh, <laughs> a, a bandana like a kind of grey bandana and yeah. then a cowboy hat he's, he's like a safari a, cowboy and a, and a cowboy hat that has round it a like a cowboy belt <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing a wrestling leotard under that jacket yes. that's got the white zebra skin and then of course the zebra skin skin tight Zubaz can, can I can I um, take uh, back what I said about him being subdued. <laughs> uh, again, Pete, in the cocaine era of the WWE, this was par for the course. <laughs> I like the fact that even Gurna Monsoon is getting into it. I'm going to wear dark shades like Jimi Hendrix. I'm going to wear a curtain suit. I'm going to stand next to Jesse and all of this will look normal. Absolutely normal. Bob, one person is probably not a cocaine, Bob Uka. Most professional man in the building. He's, he's doing his job. He really he's is. He's selling it. His um, timing is... He does, he does a visual gag at one point where he goes to the ring and he's Mr. Baseball is an ironic name mm. I think you, you were telling me about this a couple of hours he's, he's ago. a very underwhelming baseball and he does guy. a little bit where he comes out on the stage and he m- mocks up having the baseball bat in his hand mm. and he swings and he does the old hand above the eyes I'm looking in the distance yeah. and then he looks back and goes rats like the ball has just gone straight <laughs> past him and he's missed it he does that on a show that he has no financial interest in <laughs> everybody there who has a financial interest in it is literally I'm not even going to look at the camera in the right place I just I just want to go back to the bar <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> we, we kick off, though, with the Battle Royal. Yes. Which is, uh, 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 as you say, I mean, it's, it, it looks crap. It's <laughs> it so crap. crap. There are, they, they fill it with a, a load of guys who are... No one cares about any of them. There's no real stars in there. What's funny about mm. this, this is famous in retrospect for two things. One is the rise of Bret Hart. So right. Bret Hart is, is a tag team wrestler. He's small by the terms of everybody else mm. in the 80s and WWF. But Vince McMahon had noticed he was getting more fan mail than any other wrestler. Right. And so they begin sort of going, oh, well, let's test him out here on his own, see how the crowd react. Mm. And the other one who's good is Bad News Brown. Yes. Bad News Brown is... He's just great. Mm. There's something really exciting about Bad News, and they really, they never used him properly. Mm. And it did also, we've talked about this before, but it did slightly come down to, he certainly felt that he was held back because of his race. Yeah, um, yeah. He was uh, a, a bronze medal winner in the 1976 Olympics. Mm. He was an Olympian. He's a judo, was he? Judo, judo yeah. yeah. And so by the time he's in WWF here, he's wrestled around the world. He's mm. in his mid-40s here. Old to be starting a wrestling career in a big company. Yeah. And he, they never ever sort of did the old thing about going, he's an Olympian or anything. They just wanted him to be this ghetto character. Well, and yeah. he's, he's got a chip on his shoulder and he plays it really well. Right. He does play it really well, but they never really do anything with him. He says that he was promised that he was going to be the first black WWF champion right. and that Vince McMahon reneged on that and so he left. But he was famous for leaving. He had problems with everyone. There's a great story about him being in Japan and he overheard Andre the Giant on a coach using racial language. And bad news always had a thing of he was a man who'd grown up in the in the 70s and 80s. Mm. He said he was used to hearing racial language, but he didn't like to hear it when he was out. He'd hear it when he's walking past people. But if people knew he was there and they knew him, he didn't like to hear it. Mm. And Andre the Giant used 
the worst word of all. Mm. Um, so Bad News approached him and he said, don't you ever say that again, apologise to me. And Andre said, no. And he said, I'm warning you, don't ever use that word again. And Andre said to him, fuck off. <laughs> and Bad News then said, right, outside. To Andre the Giant. <laughs> outside. And Andre said, I'm not coming outside. And Bad News waited out there for him. I'm not coming outside. I, I can't fit through the door. Took his earrings out because he knew he was going to have a fight. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Andre didn't go out. Alan goes back on the bus. Sorry, his real name is Alan Coage. Right. Bad News Alan, he was also known as. Bad News Brown goes back. Bad News Alan is so bad news much Alan of a climb terrible. down from Bad News Brown. I don't ever have your first name with a nickname in front of it. <laughs> Fat Arnold. If you put if you put Bad News, comma, Alan, it sounds like you're telling them you've got cancer or something. <laughs> really it's Bad News Alan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bad News Alan, it's, it's terminal. Oh, man, but, you know, uh, Bad News, he basically had said, I knew if Andre came off, he was going to, kill me he's yeah. gonna beat the shit out of me he said but <laughs> i didn't i didn't i didn't want to let it go i wanted to prove a point oh, and, fair uh, you know i love i love bad news for that everything you hear about him he just seems like a really principled guy mm. he's also he, he doesn't trust anyone mm. and probably at this time in wrestling when everyone is a shyster a carny everyone's you know off their head everyone's mm. jostling for position I, I think he was probably right too it's a shame he didn't really get the run that he deserved he could mm. have been great I mm. found him really frightening as a kid and that was not not because of the way he was portrayed so much as the way he didn't he seemed to be real compared to everyone else right uh, and I've got yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of time from there this is probably the biggest moment he has in his career is that true what, in, a, in, a, in, a, in one of those yeah right. so he wins something at Wrestlemania um, we're going to be seeing him again <clears throat> Wrestlemania 6 mm. in a, an angle that I think is best described as disgusting <laughs> Ill advised. Yeah. Because um, uh, I, I Googled him a little bit and, and uh, yeah, he, he sounds like he had a proper fascinating uh, life. Mm. Um, there's there's a point, Jesse goes, uh, this might be a t- typical Saturday night for bad news in uh, the Bronx. No, it's not the Bronx, isn't it? Where is he? Harlem. Harlem. In Harlem. Mm. It's like, Jesse. I know. Come on now. I know. Jesse. Man. I, Jesse. I, I, there are, there's, there's, some, there's some good people in this there's some sort of mm. like you know and there's some bad people as well like hillbilly jim who is I, you know again very... makes you embarrassed to be a wrestling fan <laughs> and uh, i was very disinterested in this uh, particular match until, yeah. I, until george animal steel turns up yes absolutely <laughs> outside and the ring you get your last wrestlemania appearance of junkyard dog as well is that right yeah. really and he oh. looks like a little you know those russian dolls he looks he looks like a little russian doll that's been squeezed into those trousers his <laughs> belly's like a drum it's, oh. it's, it's we thought it was tight last time oh. but this time it's somehow he got even tighter maybe he uses those chains to <laughs> keep Just himself in eating nothing but rubber and contraceptives <laughs> Just keep fattening that belly bell up he is delicious looking man and he's got he's got on the back of his trousers it says thump yeah, his thump. his move was the big thump which right. is he'd grab you in a power slam and sort of Mm. Over you go, and mm. that big belly would would pillow you to death. Uh, what a way to go! <laughs> what a way what to go! Way to go. Um, it, it, it is like all battle royales. It, it, it sounds fun, and it's it's ugh, you very know. different. Well, a very different reality. The, the problem with it, you know, it's not going to end immediately, so that gets rid of that. So you just have to sit through the first twenty <laughs> people going over the road. There are people there like Sam Houston and Seeker. They right. do their only WrestleMania appearances, and literally they're there for twenty five seconds. I, I could have fucking done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seeker, he wrestled in Japan uh, mm. as 
like the so he was wrestling in Japan at, under the name Samoan Number One. That's right, yeah. And Samoan Number Two. He was part of the very famous uh, World Samoan Tag Team. I, I, they they were um, he was part of a very famous WWF tag team right. called the Samoans, uh, the right. World Samoans. So he wrestled with uh, Afa, who was I, th- mm. I think his brother. Uh, the two of them are, are the, uh, the head of mm. this huge wrestling family that encom- encompasses. Um, the Rock, uh, ah. uh, Rikishi, uh, the, the Usos, original Rock or the, or the Rock, uh, Rocky Maivia. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So one of their one of their relations married uh, Rocky Maivia, who was the Rock's father. Right. So uh, Jimmy Snooker is sort of in there. Oh. Haku. They're all this sort of huge, huge family. They oh. are just a, a big, rough and tough family. Absolutely delightful. It's nice to see those old guys just popping up, but you suddenly realise this is not their era mm. because they are. Throwbacks. That what they aren't is people who are spending eight grand every week just on injectables. Mm. Diana Ball to go in their bottoms. <laughs> Diana Ball. Yeah, that that's, one that's the one steroid I can remember. Diana Ball. Because it's got a lady's name. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Diana Ball. I like the commentary here where Gorilla just goes. Somebody. Oh no, J- Jesse goes. Somebody just got eliminated. Who was that? And I was like, Well, you should. Why are you there, man? <laughs> you know, there? I can't see. They cut away. <laughs> well, I mean, you got Gorilla in his lilac sunnies, and you got. Like what I like about that, Bob, like Bob Uka is part of the team. I think for this one, then he disappears, yeah. doesn't he? But like, so they're, they're they're continuing this Bob Uka versus Jesse the Body Ventura kind of battle. Yeah. Um, because if I remember rightly, Bob Uka accuses. Uh, Jesse of fucking a dog in that. That's right, one. yes. And they've continued this kind of pitched battle, <laughs> and I don't understand why it's still allowed to be. Because this, it all started yeah. with Bob Uka saying that Jesse the Body Ventura fucks, fucked a dog. Do you know what's like, funny is, how do you set that up in this one? I know, they, you don't mention it. They just, they're just adding to the throats. I'm glad to see Uka again after this year, because remember last year he accused me of uh, having carnal relations with a dog. Oh, just, did, I missed that bit. No, he, he didn't actually, say no, that. No, he didn't bring that, 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 <laughs> It worked. That's what we needed. We needed a Exposition, bit where... Exposition, guys. He specifically looks at the camera and goes, you remember, 365 days ago, Bob Yuka was all, oh, Jesse's got his dick in a dog. Well, Yuka, I'm back. And the lipstick's on the other lip now. <laughs> and I like the fact that, um, like, Jesse the Body Ventura and uh, Gorilla Monsoon, I have to say their full names to remember what, they, yeah. what their full name is. Um... But Bobby, like they're both kind of like tanned men, yeah. like Jesse more than more than Gorilla, and he's sort of like, oh, Jesse's pretty tanning, isn't yeah. He? Then Bobby Uta turns up. That's <laughs> a fucking tan, mate. Absolutely. Fucking Sorry. welcome to big Sorry, school. Mate. You, think, you, you think that's brown, <laughs> mate? That is sand coloured. <laughs> Here comes old mahogany, <laughs> mahogany lamb chop. Oh man, Uka looks. Uh. Good, but yeah, uh, you get another. Uh, the, the, the battle royale's over. Bret Hart mm. does a thing where he smashes up the the, the trophy. It doesn't mm. really go anywhere. They don't. I, Bret I like... Hart doesn't actually have a solo career until about ninety one. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because okay. he because he smashed up the um the big. It's like it wasn't like the ten foot statue, ten yeah. foot uh, kind of trophy. But the trophy, like you know that he's going to do that. You know that he's going to smash it up. So don't have a lot of writing on the bottom of the actual <laughs> award <laughs> saying like you know three four insert rod here. <laughs> you know acme. Uh, productions kind yeah. of thing. It's just like have a have a, just. It's just it seemed badly thought out. This yeah. whole endeavour, this whole thing. If it was real, I if I was bad news brown. I'd go, oh, I'm slightly glad that that's broken because otherwise I'd like to carry it around. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I've got to go on a plane tomorrow. That's a carry on. Yeah. I'd have to disassemble it. <laughs> oh, cheers, Brett. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, you then get the uh, uh, the opening of the tournament, which is done by a guy mm. called Robin Leach, yes. who is uh, a British guy, huge in the States in the 80s. Yeah, he was like Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous guy. That's right. And he's got a very famous, you know, a, a, a very... 
He's got a very strange voice. He's got that, that, I'm still British, but I'm living in America. Yes, yeah, Where yeah. everybody starts talking like this, <laughs> you know. And, uh, oh, my Lord, they try and... He's a bit right. Piers Morgan, isn't he? He's a bit very like, much so. Very similar kind of character, I suppose. Yeah. Ex, you know, involved with the, the tabloids. The crowd don't like him very much. <laughs> you know, he comes out and they're really like, you know, uh, it's. But he, they, they give him this 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 speech to do with a scroll because in 1998 wrestling, you know, it has to be written by Arthurian medieval people, <laughs> and he brings it out and they've tried to put in extra words to make it sound prestigious. Mm. It's just mumbo jumbo. <laughs> Absolutely. And whereas the top 14 competitors and are present and in readiness to compete with champagne wishes and caviar dreams, may the best man win. I'm Robin Leach, and I do know why. What the I f- do know why. I do know why. It was that his catchphrase. This is like the, um, uh, got, uh, she's got the beef well, woman. <laughs> that's the, where's the beef where's woman? Where's the beef woman, sorry. How dare, Cara, <laughs> How dare you accuse Cara her of having the beef? Pella. She's asking where the beef is. <laughs> exactly. Now, I'm thinking by now she would have found the beef. <laughs> it makes me feel sick about the direction this might go in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robin Leach, I, again, you know, he was huge at the time, but mm. it just, I mean, Jesus Christ, does this d- date it. It just, you really go, this is tawdry and squalid. Yeah. This is really sort of like who's this year's name mm. and then yeah, yeah. you know in the 80s people seem to be fa- people who were famous in the 80s are still famous now mm. apart from all people of the like ones him. who went to Wrestlemania <laughs> <laughs> Bob Uecker <laughs> him Vanna White it was like, like Liberace in the first one like mm. you know he died quite soon afterwards yeah the like... curse of Wrestlemania <laughs> curse of Wrestlemania 4 is having to fucking watch it um, <laughs> so then we get the first match proper yes which is the first <clears throat> round of the tournament it's the million dollar man Ted DiBiase versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So I remember Million Dollar Man. This is his first appearance in WrestleMania, isn't it? It is, yeah. Right, yeah. Because it's the first time I should be seeing him properly. But yeah, I remember him, and Hacksaw was in the last one as well. Wasn't yeah, he? that's right. DBRC, he signed to WWF. They, they, gave, they gave him this, this gimmick right. of the Million Dollar Man, and it's one of those rare things that happens where you get someone who gets given the perfect gimmick for them. He mm. plays this to the hilt, and he mm. does it for years, and he's so good at it. They had a funny thing where, because people still thought wrestling was real, they didn't want to spoil... The, the illusion. So, Ted DiBiase was Got given, given a nice house. <laughs> beyond big per DMs. Really? So, there were only oh, so three could... people who, when they would book the flights, would fly in first class. They were Andre, Hulk Hogan, and Ted DiBiase. <gasps> That's hilarious. And Ted DiBiase, everywhere he went, he was given the suite in the hotel, paid for by WRF. <laughs> he was given rolls of notes. He was given limos. And this is before social media. So, it was this before is. you could actually flaunt it properly, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, absolutely. If people met him, when the WWF was in your town, <laughs> they would go back and say, yes, he stayed in the biggest suite in the hotel. <laughs> because what a fucking gimmick. <laughs> That's great, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it delightful? Uh, do you want the sock puppet? Or do, you want the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you want the fucking shears? Or do yeah. you want to uh, stay in a suite tonight? Yeah. Uh, can I have the shears? <laughs> <laughs> Other men have to look after snakes and macaws. <laughs> for crying out loud. My, my, appreciate a suite. I, I mean, just, I mean, but, but you say, uh, again, I say, you know, he plays that gimmick really well. Mm. You fucking would, wouldn't you? <laughs> you you're not going to do anything that stops you getting to do that. Here's your nine grand a day. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Ted DiBiase as well, really, really well liked. Good good wrestler. Mm. A lot of the, uh, He was always pegged as being um, uh, a future NWA champion before he came to WWE. Okay. And the NWA championship was always about who were the, was the best pure wrestler. Right. He's really, really good. He makes, you know, uh, he, he's just good. You can see how good he is in the ring. And at this point, there was, there was arguments about 
him being the best in the world. Right. Funnily enough, when they first did this, the idea was that he would probably go through to win. Mm. But they were still at the point where they were like, well, we can't really end WrestleMania with a bad guy winning. Right. So it, that stopped him. But that was it. And he was really, at this point, really on the verge of being one of the all-time sort of big ah. evil champions. Is he still with us? He is, yeah. He works now as a pastor. He's uh, ah. a Christian. But there's some really good photos online he's, he's of He's passing people. around his collection plates. <laughs> he doesn't need it. Exactly, he's, yeah. yeah he's a, there's some really nice photographs of people <clears throat> who are wrestling fans who have got him to officiate at their weddings oh, brilliant. solely so that afterwards he'll put them in the Million Dollar Dream sleeper hole. <laughs> and there's loads of photos of him in his minister's cloaks grappling with grooms. <laughs> it's, uh, he seems like a you know absolute dude. Um, Solid. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan and he, they had, they had worked in, in a territory called Mid-South. And there was a point in the early 80s, so about 83, 84, into 85, they were doing brilliant matches mm. and they were both really good. Um, Hacksaw, for some reason, when he went to WWF, it sort of stopped his ability to have a good match. Okay. But then again, uh, the two of them work well together. It, it's a fine match for what it is. It's, it's one of the just, better ones at four. It is. Andre <laughs> does a really nice trip of Hacksaw Duggan as well. Yeah, I mean, like... You, it, it, it sounds like that shouldn't be a thing that you can do. <laughs> but he just does it so surreptitiously, looking away, and yeah. it's just... It's a lovely bit. It's you a get a little indication of as to Andre being a real old pro. Yeah. He knows how it works. Yeah. And it's just little glimpses like that that are on, great. Because so Andre was the bodyguard, effectively. So did bodyguards happen a lot? I'm unfamiliar as to how that kind of... Not really, no. Um, the whole of this tournament was set up. It, it came in WWF programming, TV programming. Mm. There was a match where Andre pinned Hulk Hogan thanks to a crooked referee. Yeah. It turned out they had two referees who were twins. So they had both of them come in, having never revealed they were twins before. So it was a real <laughs> sort of shocking moment, if you were a fan. And... After Andre won the belt with this uh, ropey referee, he immediately gave it to the million dollar man who had bought the belt. Right, yes, uh, that's and right. And then they overruled that, and that's why you get the tournament. That's why yes, Teddy Biossi's okay. the evil guy in it. So the two of them are working as a group. Uh. I think they also wanted a way of getting Andre into the final match. And so you team him up. You'll have noticed that Million Dollar Man actually has a bodyguard. He has right. a valet who is Virgil. Right. Virgil is a guy called Mike Jones. He was named after Virgil Runnels, which is the real name of Dusty Rhodes. At the time, Dusty Rhodes, one of the big stars in the NWA, mm. one of the bookers of the, of the Federation. And so Virgil, the manservant, was named as a sort of two fingers up to him right. by the WWF. They, they really are weirdly childish at this point. <laughs> Virgil, you might know from the internet. Virgil. Now, who is Virgil? Virgil is a meme. So it right. turned out that uh, a few years back, he was spotted in the subway in America. Oh, sad. He's sad in the subway selling, Lonely selling cars Virgil or something. is the meme. So he was yes. selling signed photographs of himself to commuters. And Lonely Virgil became a meme <clears throat> where people would go to conventions and he'd be sitting there on his own with nobody <laughs> tearing up to see him. He is. Oh, my God. Google is, like, just so... Oh, he's one no. of those guys who it's just for years you you <laughs> never you never even thought of, and then if you go to 2017, <laughs> he has probably got more internet hits than anyone other than Andre and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he is huge. There's so <laughs> many pictures and they're all different. They are of him looking sad. You'll notice one thing in there. They they called him. It he was looks a like he's spin. in a car park there. <laughs> Deadspin called him the <laughs> single saddest former pro wrestler in history. Um, Some of them have lost their legs. <laughs> There's one where he's asleep at an. Airport. Yeah, that's that's about someone who shared a hotel room with him. That's a good story. Right. Okay. Um, but he um, he 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 just sort of began <laughs> using this thing of going. If everyone thinks I'm pathetic, let's do this. You'll notice in a lot of the conventions, it says meet Virgil 
the Million Dollar Man. The Million Dollar Man had to actually tell him to stop falsely advertising that he'd be there. So <laughs> Virgil would say they'd both be there. They'd turn up and he'd go, yeah, Million Dollar Man couldn't make it. You're and kidding me, yeah, right? Because so a... si- one of these pictures is him sat with Ted DiBiase and Virgil. He knows Ted DiBiase is not turning up. Yes. And yet he's given Ted DiBiase yeah. better billing than him. In an interview with ESPN in 2016, DiBiase revealed he and Jones, uh, Virgil's real name, had had a falling out over Jones booking independent wrestling shows for the two without DiBiase's <laughs> knowledge, which led to DiBiase unknowingly no-showing the events. Uh, he had to apologise for the unintentional no-shows and he had to stress that Virgil does not represent him for bookings. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, he's sort of... Uh, he's really funny, Virgil, now, because he is just doing this thing about give me money, give me money. Yeah, okay. So uh, in June 2015, he created a GoFundMe campaign to make himself a millionaire, uh, asking everyone to donate uh, a dollar. As of July 2017, he's raised $1,190. Wow. Which is, I, I mean, that's not bad going. <laughs> For doing so all, yeah. Yeah, not bad going. Yeah, he's, um, he, he's, uh, 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 he's worth reading the stories about Virgil. Right. Virgil is funny. He's got a really good sort of pro wrestlers thing <laughs> of just anyone who comes along, he will... Uh, spin a story about right. how brilliant he is. A lot of people who have met him said that he wrestled Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. He's very proud of that and it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> someone met him and they, he said he had a car that had an uh, air conditioning system that was made of diamonds and when it rotated it spelled out NWO. Um, uh, but they're all saying no, it's not true. Uh, he also says I, I go to car shows where I show this car off but I'll only go to the car shows where you get uh, the big money purses uh, for showing off your car. And someone's going, I don't think I don't, I don't know what that, that is. Exists. That doesn't exist. And he's like, no, it, it really does. It really does. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Virgil is delightful and he's become delightfully silly and uh, it's nice to see him here when he was just a bloke in the background rather than hilarious Virgil. <laughs> wow. He was actually working on his own dollar so mm, to speak. Mm. Fantastic. Um Hacksaw he's actually quite camp. Yeah. And I did and I don't think I noticed him shouting whoo yeah. so much last time. Oh. I tell you what though I don't think he noticed last time. I don't think he had that gimmick last time. Right. He went, oh! Yeah, because he does it a lot. This time, he's really he's making <laughs> the best of it, isn't he? <laughs> it's like, think of a catchphrase. Oh, what was the other one? USA. 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 Yeah. I hit, Weird. That, the ho, you go, oh, I probably can't hear that too much. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, literally three quarters of the way through the match, oh, you're like, yeah, stop it. Now. Shut just, your mouth. Stop shut it. your damn mouth. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, they, they were two guys as well who were very much... You, you can see again it was clearer I think in Wrestlemania 3 certainly between Wrestlemania 2 and 3 we're going towards this more cartoony yeah. world where you've got the million dollar man who's very rich and you've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan who's mm. I mean, he's a strange gimmick he carries a plank and he shouts ho but <laughs> but, but you know you've got stuff that you can you can tie things mm. on um the next match that you have is Dino Bravo versus Don Morocco. Yes. And Don Morocco was a guy who he looks like he should have been able to do this new regime, but he was still had one foot in the 70s. Mm. So he doesn't really have a gimmick. Um, he comes in with uh, superstar Billy Graham. Yes. Long time, uh, back in the 70s, a WWF champion. Um, well, he looks like someone's boiled Hulk Hogan. <laughs> doesn't he? He looks like he's gone, he's boiled Hulk Hogan and then gone down to uh, an Atlantic City kind of head shop <laughs> and bought all of the clothes and a walking stick. <laughs> the walking stick. Put that on now. Not a good accoutrement <laughs> for a wrestler <laughs> who's it, walking around. It just, oh, you just go, this is horrible. What's happened here? <laughs> Stole our Fondra. Uh, he was really, really influential. He was, he was, he mm. is the man who, who um, basically mapped out the look that Jesse Ventura and right. Hulk Hogan both okay. took. And in the 90s and 2000s, Scott Steiner. So he is a really influential guy. He was also one of wrestling's first big 
casualties. So right. he uh, destroyed uh, his body through taking steroids. Yeah. Um, his problems with his hip seem to be related to that. Mm. Um, he uh, contracted hep C from doing blood matches and things. Right. So he was in a very, very bad way. Uh, there's a great story. I love it so much. I don't, I just I, It's sort of everything about wrestlers and... In the 70s, he drops out of the scene, mm. really. He's, he's basically spending all of his money on steroids. Mm. I mean, he's properly just thousands of dollars have just gone on steroids. And he's just working out and he's gone off the rails. And he needs some money. So he turns down an offer from Arnold Schwarzenegger to invest in the chain of Gold's gyms that are just opening because mm. he says he's got a better idea. Uh, he says in his autobiography, Tangled Ropes, which is... A cracking read. Uh, During this era, I'd noticed Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica were very hot, (laughs) so I made the decision to market a superstar Billy Graham space age poster. Uh, He he spent five grand on a commercial artist drawing a picture of him with a saber-toothed tiger behind him in space. He then spent another five grand advertising it in a sci-fi magazine called Starlog. He then spent... What, selling a poster with nothing behind it? Countless, (laughs) countless thousands. Just a picture, Billy. Hiring television time to do an advert to sell a poster to sell a poster right <laughs> do you know how many posters he estimates he sold between four and six <laughs> <laughs> i uh, would love one of them posters uh, i bet they're really va- i bet they're a lot more valuable now he'd probably get his money back you don't see them at all <laughs> and in his book he goes he does go ah oh, bet if i had those now they would be really valuable he must have just chucked them out <laughs> yeah. but i mean you know i don't want to ever, ever see these bloody things again the weird thing is if he'd have kept them somehow they wouldn't have been valuable because he has no yeah. luck absolutely <laughs> no luck um, I, I i thought this whole sort of uh, WrestleMania was setting itself up to be a bit dull mm. until frenchie martin <laughs> now <laughs> frenchie martin that's a luck in it it is Ooh, frenchie martin like a french art like a french like a cartoon of a french artist one of those guys who never really it's not really famous <laughs> i don't know what he is if you said to a you know a wrestling fan tell me about frenchie martin you yeah. go oh he's in wrestlemania 4 he's the manager of dino bravo and you go what else has he done you go i've got no idea i don't know what he is the other thing is he doesn't do anything frenchy no he's got a beret yeah he's kind of he, he, the accoutrement is just some more sequins on the yeah. top of the beret and then so they're not as soon as the match starts he just goes and stands by the side <laughs> that's it Oh, nice work if I'm, you can get it. To be honest, I googled him, and all I can remember is he gets bong cancellator on. That's all I can remember. I would, I would pay good money for a Frenchie Martin space poster. <laughs> yes! That's, that's my sweet spot. Oh, there are any Le graphic space. designers listening. <laughs> I don't know the French for space. Le frontier mort. Le frontier mort. Le frontier de lune. <laughs> <laughs> Je suis Frenchie Martin. Je suis astro. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That was magical. I yeah. Thought. Well, yeah. Superstar Billy Graham also ends up in um, Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, sells his ring in 2009 on eBay for 12 grand. Um, you could buy that. <laughs> like, you could you could sell, you could remortgage your house. Abdullah the Butcher <laughs> sold his Hall of Fame ring. Right. And I'd have liked that one. Why? Well, he never wrestled for WWE as well, Uh, but Abdullah the Butcher, one of my favourites. Right. Great big, he was called the Madman from the Sudan, famous for jabbing people in the head with a fork. (laughs) Horrible, frightening wrestler. Really scary. Is that like an Idi Amin kind of like, I'm going to eat you? The closest closest thing you could say is it's like that. Mm. He's just, he is just everything that a professional wrestler, when you picture what would be a great professional wrestler Mm. in the 70s, that's Abdullah. He's got (laughs) grooves in his head so deep from cutting himself that you can put nickels in them. Oh, I think I've seen that guy. He is 
brilliant. His real name is Larry Shreve. Uh, he ran a House of Ribs for a while uh, when he retired, but he's got quite a high-pitched voice as well, so oh. he's sort of delightful. Oh, I'm very happy. Like, like, sort of foz- <laughs> like a Kermit the Frog sort of thing. Have you touched that food? Because <laughs> you probably have some blood bond diseases. They, they used to be quite a lot of TripAdvisor reviews that were not what you'd hope for. They, they were not <laughs> Hall of Fame TripAdvisor <laughs> reviews. Let's put it I that way. I found the ring in the food. <laughs> I found the ring in the food. <laughs> Weirdly, rid of it. it's superstar Billy Graham's ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it, kid. He was, he was, yeah, I was the buyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, Dino Bravo, this match again, just, mm. you know, two great big water retentive, mm. minky whale looking men just <laughs> blubbering into each other. And oh my God. Uh, we'll talk about Dino Bravo uh, probably next WrestleMania. Right, okay. Yeah. How do you think it ends for Dino Bravo? Do you think it ends well for him? Um, well, looking at him there, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Well, you're absolutely right. (laughs) There's a frightening story about organised crime and cigarette smuggling coming your way next time. Nice. Nice. Fourth match, Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yes, so... So Ricky Steamboat was involved in the best match of the last WrestleMania. Yeah, probably. The, well, I mean, you know, probably top three matches of the eighties. That, right. that's, that's him. And and number one in nineteen eighty nine is another Ricky Steamboat match. This time against Ric Flair. So right, he's okay. he's not a, a you know he is a absolutely reliable grade A plus performer. Right. Okay. Because yeah, because he brings a baby in the start. He does. Please tell me that baby grows up to be like Ryback or something, like some terrible wrestler. That baby did grow up to be a wrestler. He was signed by NXT Brilliant. as well. His name is Richie Steamboat. That's fantastic. But so that's... unfortunately, he didn't quite make it. Right. So okay. he's sort of fallen between the cracks at the moment. But what a great narrative that would have been. What a great Wouldn't kind it? of. They, oh, they, but I guess they couldn't use the video of him coming in the ring because that would be on by. No, no. Be, NXT, oh, NXT is the, the funnel system. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. They, they could have done. Weirdly, they always held back on it a bit, and I think some of the reason for that is a lot of. Second generation <laughs> stars. That's the problem. They're not it's very hard. Good. I mean, I mean, people like Ricky Steamboat and like Ric Flair. Mm. Uh, weirdly, his daughter Ashley, who wrestles as Charlotte, mm. she is uh, astonishingly good. She, yeah. is, she is top flight. The problem is a lot of second generation wrestlers. The pressure is on them. Yeah. They get pushed too quickly, too mm. soon, and they fail. So right. Ric Flair had a son called David Flair, who they just rocketed up and he wasn't ready and then it ends in disaster they had the same with um, Eric Watts who was the son of Cowboy Bill Watts even to an extent Dustin Rhodes before he becomes Gold Dust the son of Dusty Rhodes he struggled Cody Rhodes less so because they didn't make quite so much of him being Dusty Rhodes' son but second generation wrestlers always find it really really difficult and and Richie Steamboat he could never be as good as his father and the reason for that is nothing to do with him it's because so few people have been the equal of Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's an industry where maybe five people are as good as Ricky Steamboat's ever been. The chances <laughs> that two of them are going to be from the same family, pretty slim. Mm. Very sad. But he comes out, part of the reason he brought him out was he was actually saying, I'm stepping away. He, uh, he didn't want to do wrestling anymore. He had a new family. Right. And he wanted to spend time with his family. And it, it, like I think you would do in a lot of sort of male environments, he was punished a bit for that. Right. So he was like, I'd like a year off. And they were like, you're not having a year off. Don't be so stupid. Uh, and so he was bringing his kid to the to the ring. It was slightly sort of bringing his family into it. But it was also signifying that his head wasn't really in the game. He, right. wasn't, he wasn't interested in this anymore. And and he does that by frightening the shit out of his child. Absolutely. <laughs> All those flash bulbs oh. going off in his face. The, the, kid, the kid seems, you know, uh. it's actually not one of the worst performances. I think, you know, Greg Valentine's more scared coming down to the ring when the lights go off. Better, <laughs> better than Mr. Fuji. <laughs> that performance 
Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji. better than Mr. Fuji. <laughs> uh, but, oh, my God. I mean, this is just... What a wasted... What a waste of time and talent this match is. <laughs> there's, there's a bit, and there's... Actually, you're getting to a point now where people are doing so little that things don't go wrong. Right. And this one, there's just a, it's such a simple fucking thing where Ricky Steamboat does a drop kick to Greg Valentine's back. Mm. Greg Valentine goes forward into the ropes and he rolls back and the idea is that Ricky Steamboat will roll him up mm. for a two count. And instead, Greg Valentine just gets the drop kick, goes into the ropes and just flops backwards straight onto Ricky Steamboat. Who's, and it's just... You know, Jesus Christ, <laughs> bring your A game, all of you. This is just so sort of scrappy and rubbish. It's what the world is watching, Mark. Oh, isn't it? And just, you know, shaking their head and going, you know, can't we put something else on? Can't we? <laughs> and then the worst thing about it is Greg Valentine wins and you realise, <laughs> shit, I'm going to have to watch him wrestle again. again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, like once isn't enough. Oh, man, oh, man. Oh, uh, you get a shot then of uh, Donald Trump in the audience. Yeah, like... He used to. He had similar hair then. It's amazing. He used to have brown hair, mm. and he must know that the 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 journey of brown hair does not go brown, <laughs> yellow, grey. It goes brown and then grey. <laughs> like it was, it was nut brown. It was nut brown. And now it's straw yellow. The weirdest thing I thought <laughs> is like you know you see his hair now. You go, oh, he combs it in a funny way mm. to cover up bits. Mm. In this one, he's got a thick head of hair, but he's still got a weird sort of swirl on the side. Yeah. And, well, and it, it comes up yeah. and then round and over. And well, it's this hook system. It's like he used like little hooks in his original kind of whatever he's got left, mm. and they sort of weave it in, sort of thing. So it's not quite a is wig. That, it's not is quite. That, a, what's this hook thing? It, is so that it's real? something. To, yeah, it's something. This um, this world renowned kind of guy who may or may not have worked with him in the past. He's, it's this hook thing where they hook over hairs and they weave in the hairs from the side of the head, and it becomes this whole kind of corralling of it, it really stupid works. hair. It really, <laughs> it really works. works. It looks great, but it looks like it looks like a technique that he went with in the seventies, and he yeah. thought, "I'm going to have to go with this really outdated technique." Yeah, I, do you know it's what like was ba- weird? Bathing with coltar soap, like my dad, <laughs> still doing it. Like oh, dad has radox now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the weirdest thing is actually watching this because you're so used to seeing Trump as he is now. You mm. forget that you used to know what he looked like. Yes, and you see him now, and you go, "Oh, he's quite sort of handsome." Yeah, he's not in bad his looking. Own way. He's not bad looking. Yeah. He's, he smiles at a child. And I go, oh, yeah. it's changed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, just... it's, it's weird. You know, he looks friendly and benign, and, <laughs> and he's in good shape and everything. You know, this is this is exactly exactly what I feared this podcast would become, which would be a pro-Trump podcast. Well, <laughs> we it's what the get, world has come to. We might actually yes, actually there is a good crossover between wrestling and sort of right-wing politics. So that might be the sweet oh, spot we yeah. need to find. This is we we, we are big Trump supporters. <laughs> in 1988, when he looked absolutely delish. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, shall we dip out, Mark, and yes. come back next week and do yes, the rest? Please. This was only a an eighth of the length of WrestleMania 4. <laughs> We've got another seven episodes to go. <laughs> that is it for part one of WrestleMania 4. And remember, if you are Superstar Billy Graham, then you can launch a nonsensical million-dollar legal action against us for mocking your stupid fucking space poster in the following ways. Yeah, get involved, SBG. Uh, Twitter, uh, we're on uh, WrestleMePod. That's at WrestleMePod. And you can visit our website at WrestleMePod.com. And you want to drop us an email at mm. show at WrestleMePod.com. Uh, do remember, though, if you would like an answer, you must include a drawing you've done of Junkyard Dog having a real good time. Make his belly nice and shiny and big. Taut. <laughs> and if you enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And together we can become the world's biggest podcast about people who are disillusioned with WrestleMania. Until next time, wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete! Yeah! <laughs>
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.